good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the solid rock of the Word of God? Well, it's Hymn History Friday, and we're going to take a little time to look at a hymn that we've just sung recently, actually, at our church. Our assembly was together on a Wednesday evening and had the opportunity to sing this song that has always been, well, since it was written anyway, has always ministered great grace to people's souls. <clears throat> and uh, I, perhaps that's no more better felt than even on a Wednesday evening. People are tired. They've been going through the rough spots of the week, and they need to have a little reminder of something very special uh, that the Lord does. It was this hymn that we're looking at today has uh, was written by a name a man named Charles Frederick Weigel. Uh, he lived from 1871 and he died in 1966. He died in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, he actually was living for the last 15 years or so of his life on the campus of Tennessee Temple University, and it was a place that trained many great servants for the Lord. It's no longer operating now, but uh, Dr. Lee Robertson, who used to be the president and the pastor of the church there, uh, invited him to come, and uh, Mr. Charles Weigel ended his very long life, actually, uh, served out the rest of his life until his 90s while he was at Tennessee Temple. Charles Weigel was not always a great paragon of virtue. Uh, if you read his own biography, you're reminded that he, as a young man, was a very cruel, mean man, a mean boy. Uh, he actually testifies of his own misdeeds and even to his own family, his brother. Once almost ended his brother's life with a knife. He said, I had, a, I had an awful, terrible temper. Uh, he would was often guilty of of uh, harming boys and you know uh, the kids that he was uh, running around with and he was just uh, by his own account uh, a very very bad sinner and um, uh, I don't have time to go through his entire biography but he he uh, eventually as a young man had gone to evangelistic services and he heard the gospel being preached. And being convicted of his sin, he received the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, and the joy that he felt in his heart at the pardon that he received, at the forgiveness that was just poured out on him, he never quite got over that, and it, it, uh, it shaped him the rest of his life. Well, uh, Charles Weigel was uh, growing up and serving the Lord, it seemed that while he was even working in ministry in one way or another, uh, and there were many of them that he was a part of, he met a wife and he got married, and uh, he was uh, getting heavily involved in evangelistic ministry. God gave him a unique ability to be able to speak very well in front of crowds. He was musically oriented. He loved to incorporate great hymns. He wrote many great hymns, uh, many of which are found in our in our hymn books today, like uh, Living by Faith and uh, a number of other hymns. Uh, and so evangelistic services kept him on the road quite a bit. And uh, it was uh, this that really probably contributed a lot to a great tragedy that happened in his life. 
And the song that we're looking at, if you haven't noticed it already, Charles Weigel wrote a song entitled, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. That particular song came out of uh, great tribulation and great tragedy, even in his own life. And it reminded me when I was reading his biography that it's really not difficult to sing when everything is going well in your life. You got a little skip in your step and you got a smile on your face and your heart is at peace and things are going well. You can sing then. But it is a reality that often God gives special gives a, a special song to those of his hurting children, to one of those children during the night times of their life, during those dark moments when you feel like you are just devastated and distraught. And it's during those times that God begins to whisper assurances to you. He reminds you of great truths from your from his word. Even Job, I think in Job chapter 35 and verse 10, uh, God's servant Job says, Where is God my maker who giveth his songs in the night? Even Job going through the time that he went through was seeking that song, that ministry of truth to his own soul. I think of other servants of the Lord that have experienced uh, these kinds of things, uh, times of despair and deep need. I I think uh, recently I've been preaching on the Apostle John who wrote the book of Revelation, and that was written while on the barren island of Patmos. Uh, I think of John Bunyan, one of my heroes of the faith, who literally wrote that classic book, The Pilgrim's Progress, uh, while he was in the Bedford jail for 12 years. I think of Beethoven, who composed his immortal Ninth Symphony, and he did it while he was totally deaf. I think of Fanny Crosby, that servant of the Lord, who actually once said, quote, If I had not lost my sight, I could never have written all the hymns God gave me. Unquote. Well, uh, Charles Weigel experienced a great dark period <coughs> in his life. Excuse me. He spent most of his life in his ministry as an itinerant evangelist. That took him all over the country. He was used of the Lord during that time to, as I mentioned, write a number of hymns, hundreds of hymns actually, that were used for many years. Uh, but it kept him gone a lot. He was constantly on the road. He had a daughter and he had a wife and uh, there was a constant tension and it began to grow uh, the, the further they went on in life and it was a tension that was rooted in the fact that his wife's parents did not want her gone so much and did not want uh, her that heavily involved in Charles Weigel's ministry and his preaching and that uh, attitude and spirit infected his own wife, and she began to to uh, be very resentful and bitter about the travel, and, and that bitterness began to grow in her heart, and it, she had a longing for another lifestyle where she just hated uh, the service of the Lord, not even sure about her Christianity. As a matter of fact, uh, at the end of her life, uh, as she lay on her deathbed, she'd whisper to her daughter uh, to have Charles pray for her because she had been a wicked sinner. And uh, that came about because one day 
after uh, returning home from an evangelistic crusade, Charles Weigel found a note left by his wife, who'd been married to him for many years. And the note simply said that she'd had enough of an evangelist life. She was leaving him. And uh, she said, I want to go where the bright lights are. And she headed for California. And she lived a debauched life, uh, as it turns out, for a long time. And died uh, not many years after she left Charles Weigel. But what it did was it left him in despondency and despair and brokenness. Um, there were many times in the next few years, four or five years, where he he had stepped down and he was just even contemplating suicide. He got so down. And yet, God rescued him uh, and brought him out. But there was that terrible despair that no one really cared for him anymore he felt betrayed he felt unloved and there was that terrible thought that continued to nag him well gradually his spiritual faith was restored gradually the more he concentrated on the word of god uh, he came to the point of where he was active again and serving the lord in ministry his wife had gone out and left him, and had actually died in, uh, in a sinful lifestyle. Soon, as his joy began to return, he really felt compelled to write the song that we're talking about today, a song that would literally be a summary of his past tragic experience. So from a heart that had been broken came those choice words. You remember what they are? Think of them with me while I give you a, a, a quotation of them. Charles Weigel wrote, I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus since I found in him a friend so strong and true. I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. And the chorus went, No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared. And we like to say, put an S on that, cares for me. Second stanza says, All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me, and he led me in the way I ought to go. And the stanza, uh, last stanza goes, Every day he comes to me with new assurance. More and more I understand his words of love. But I'll never know just why he came to save me till someday I see his blessed face above. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Can I say to you, listener, today, no one's ever cared for you like Jesus has either. Perhaps today you've been sensing that kind of despair and despondency. Maybe some burden has overwhelmed your heart. Maybe some care has just debilitated you to the point where it's even hard to look up. Can I ask you today and remind you uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ cares for you more than you could possibly know. He knows your pain, 
but he bore the pain of all your sin on the cross of Calvary. I think this is a good time today for you to just kneel down at your chair, to kneel down at your bedside, and lift your voice up in prayer to Christ, and say, Lord, I love you, and I know you love me, and I need your strength and your help. I need your forgiveness of my sin. I need to be restored to a right relationship with you. Why don't you do that today? And then why don't you get into God's house this coming Lord's Day and you faithfully lift up your voice and sing His praises and devour His Word. I'm going to be praying for you. I hope a bunch of you are in the Lord's house, all of you that are listening to this. God bless. 